Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Inspiration, insights, and ideas for your business and your journey. Hello and welcome to Boost Power Podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Wiersma. Today is the first day of the rest of your life and it's about to get better. Because in the house is one Lindy Royer, uh, extraordinary woman, amazing leader, incredible, um, not only teacher and Pilates professional, but so many aspects that we get to explore today. Uh, Lindy, welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Thank you, Betsy. I'm really happy to be here. Well, we're so glad to have you on the show because you're one of those multifaceted success stories. And I call you out for that since I've had the joy of knowing you for a while. But, you know, you just succeed in this phase of your life in so many different areas. So I just want to kind of go back and talk about the path that brought you to today. And um, you could maybe just start by introducing what business you're in and kind of what career you're in so people have a perspective. And then I want to kind of walk back on that a little bit. Okay. Um, I like that what you called my part, this part of life as a phase. Um, first of all, let me just say that um, in this phase of my life, I get to go on Medicare this year. Ha ha. <laughs> You're the youngest so, Medicare person ever. I'm saying. So yes, I'm in a phase. Um, and it, it, it doesn't, the only thing that it means is that, um, yeah, I get to keep exploring, right? And I get to explore it with you know? Okay, tell them why Different. you have such a funny accent, because they're all thinking, does she talk funny? Uh, yeah, I grew up in Australia. I grew up in Sydney, Australia, and I um, I was told, actually, you asked about my profession, I'm a, I'm a physical therapist, and I have incorporated physical therapy into Pilates and other movement, mindful movement practices. Um, so I grew up in Sydney, Australia, um, obviously, if you guess my age, I'm almost 65. I was born in 1955. And in those days, women did not really um, have a path other than what we were told it was, for the most part. There weren't a lot of women going outside of boxes. So my choices were kind of the typical things, secretary, school teacher, you know, and, and something to do with medicine, probably. And I a was nurse, told, probably. a nurse, probably. A nurse, probably not a doctor. No, probably not a doctor, even though there were women doctors at the time, but not in my family of origin. And so I was told, because I was athletic in my teens, oh, you should go into physiotherapy. It's a good occupation for a girl. <laughs> and I did. And I didn't really question it. Um, although in the end, it turned out to be a good fit, but it was not an easy journey for me. Um, I actually, I practiced for a few years and then I came over here, I came to the U.S. to pursue my passion for skiing. So I lived in Steamboat Springs for quite a number of years. Um, and then life circumstances changed and I, you know, I needed to get back to my profession. And so I moved down to Denver in 1987 um, and, and went back into the profession of physical therapy. And it was not inspiring to me at all. So I spent about almost 13 years trying to figure out how to make this profession work. And for the most part, it was, um, yeah, it, it, it didn't make me happy. 
Yeah, well, that's tough because many of us, I think, pick something and then we get down the road and we have all that investment, mm -hmm. all that time, all that money, right? All that yep. human capital, social capital in it. And then we're like the deep, dark secret. This is a not so much fun. Exactly. Not and so I, you fun. know, in another part of my culture, because it was this very, you know, British stiff upper lip sort of upbringing that I had. And, and it was also, uh, the, the phrase that comes to mind is you picked your bed or you, you know, you, you, you lie in it, right? You make I hear your bed, my mother, you, you make so, your bed, you lie exactly. in it. Exactly. So I just kept trying to figure out how can I make this work? And along the way, you know, I got married and had kids and yeah, and for quite a few years, I just felt stuck and trapped and just wasn't doing what I love to do. I mean, obviously I love my husband and my kids and that was great, but from a professional perspective, it was just not fulfilling and not satisfying. And so that led me to choose some things like alcohol to try and kind of numb that discomfort that I was feeling. And so uh, by the end of the 90s, I was, I was starting to explore what else I could do. Um, and I really was looking to get out I just thought, all right, I'm going to completely change my profession. And yeah, and I was just kind of numbing myself with, with alcohol for, you know, several years. It got really pretty significantly bad. Um, and then in early 2000, um, you know, it's funny. I, I actually had an accident in my house related to alcohol, but that wasn't enough to get me to stop. And then early 2000, I think it, I just got to this point where I'd had enough. I just was, you know, the expression is sick and tired of being sick and tired. Oh, gosh, but you're so lucky that you, yeah. could, you could do that and still, you know, have enough of you left to do the hard road back. Exactly. And my, that. yeah, my bottom was more of a spiritual, emotional, mental bottom because I was still functioning, right? If you could call it that. I wasn't really. I was pretty, I was pretty non-functional from a, you know, human perspective, but I was still going through the motions. But, you know, I wasn't there for my family. I wasn't there for the for my patients. I was just kind of, I was numbing everything out. And so, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, yeah, it was, it was one of those sort of light bulb kind of things where I just said I've had enough. And I went to rehab. Um, I, I went back to Australia, actually. My family of origin was very supportive. And my dad even said to me, well, you know, you should come here for rehab because there's a lot of really good drunks in Australia. And that means <laughs> and that means there's a lot of really good rehabs. There you go. And so thanks to my come dad. Come home to um, the really good drunks really in good Australia. Drunk. Exactly, which I did. Um, and yeah, and I, 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 at that time, I kind of thought, oh, well, you know, I'm cured. Um, and I can drink like a normal person. Right. Like that's right. The, the I, and I, I had hear to, that that is a myth. That is a myth. And so, yeah, I, I sort of had this choice moment of, you know, yeah, literally getting ready to come back here. And I was really afraid of what was going to happen. And um, yeah, I just sort of had this moment of choice about whether I, you know, was going to go back down that road and whether I wasn't. Wow. Well, you know, I know I've heard you tell that story before and uh, it always just, you know, causes me to think for a minute because although I didn't have alcohol as my friend, I know along the path overworking has been a great friend for me. Uh, chocolate, of course, <laughs> one of the major shoppings probably in there. I think it's a core value though, chocolate. That's yeah, what, yeah. yeah, it's a shopping actually for me. But um, I, notice, I notice that some of that uh, eating without thinking, mm -hmm. right? Um, mm -hmm. Many of those things that we do to numb. And so thank you so much for sharing that today. It's really important for people to get to hear that. And thank you so much. Um, so 
so past that moment, so here you are, you took yourself home, mm-hmm. all the way home, mm-hmm. uh, to Australia for some rehab. And then, then what happened on the other side? How did you get from, okay, I, was, I realized I'm numbing mm-hmm. because I don't like what I'm doing or this path that I've chosen. Mm-hmm. Um, so now what? I mean, now you don't have the numbing. You still have the path. <laughs> exactly. What's a girl to do? What is a girl to What's do? What's a girl so, to do? Yeah, so I came back and, and just declared that I was not returning but to work for a while and I was just going to work on me. Um, it was summertime by then, so my kids were off, and I got to actually connect with my kids, who fortunately were young at the time. Um, and in that process, I rediscovered Pilates, which was something that one of my friends from school had told me, you should check this out. And of course, you know, in my stupor, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was in, reintroduced to Pilates, and as soon as I started doing Pilates, I was completely hooked. Because for me, it connected all those fragmented pieces of myself. Now let's talk about what Pilates is, because people are listening all over the world and they might be like, you know, what? Mm -hmm. So tell them a little bit about who was, was his name Joseph? Yeah, Joseph Pilates, Mm -hmm. he was a real guy. A real Um, guy. A real guy, a real person. Um, So it's not Pilots, which is how some people pronounce it when it's written. Um, And he had some health challenges himself and started combining a lot of the physical things that he was looking into to sort of heal himself. So he combined martial arts and yoga and calisthenics and all sorts of things and sort of put this program of exercises together um, back about 100 years ago, actually. It was in the, you know, that's fascinating. Like in the teens. That it's yeah. lasted so long. During World War One, And so from that, when he started doing what's called the mat work, the mat series, he realized that there were people that could not move their bodies, just their body in space against gravity in a way that felt good to them. And he started developing equipment, apparatus to help support movement, challenge movement. So, you know, if, if your listeners have ever seen Pilates equipment, um, some of it looks a little strange. <laughs> it's, it doesn't look like when you walk into a gym, right. but it's designed to give people a new and different feel and experience of movement. And that's what, what I love about Pilates is it's not about doing a bunch of reps on a machine. It's actually about connecting to your own body and noticing what your body feels like. Well, we're going to be back here in just a minute, and we are going to explore more about meaningful movement, because I think not only Pilates, but everything else you bring to the table has everything to do with that. So we will be right back. You are listening to Boost Power Podcast with your host, Betsy Weersma. We are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Enjoy these true stories and proven business tips for your business and your life. Now, back to Boost. Welcome back to Boost Power Podcast. Lindy Royer here. She may talk a little funny from being from Australia, but she's got a lot of good things to say. Um, We're just talking about kind of her own personal journey and how she found really movement through studying Pilates and many other things. And so now let's get back kind of into this new, I'm going to call you, you know, thought leader extraordinaire on this 
meaningful movement kind of an entire philosophy that you are launching that not only includes your Pilates work, but also really looking ahead to kind of mind, body, and spirit. So mm-hmm. I know this is the fun part. Let's talk yeah. about meaningful movement. Yes. Yay. Yeah. And I, you know, the, the term mindful movement has been out there for a while, but just because I'm doing yoga or Pilates or Tai Chi doesn't really mean that I'm mindfully moving because I can still maybe be thinking about my grocery list or the conversation I just had with my sister that didn't go very well or whatever. So for me, meaningful movement is really about putting the meaning back in the way that we move. And if you think about us as, you know, a species, we always moved with meaning because it was part of our survival. Right, hunting and gathering. Mm-hmm. Exactly, we wouldn't, we, we wouldn't survive without meaningful movement. So most of our movements, including things that had more of a spiritual or a cultural connection, like you and I would do really well dancing around a campfire together. We would, we right? love campfires, we love to <laughs> dance, there we go. Yes, We're we'd, in. Be, we'd be awesome. That had meaning as well because it brought, it brought a community together. So I, I think we've lost that. You know, if you walk into any gym today, a lot of times you've got people with their headphones on and they're watching the TV and they're doing their thing and they're still isolated. They're not connected. They're not connected to themselves and they're not connected to each other. So part of how I see it now is I'm all about, yeah, the external training, making ourselves strong and flexible and resilient and able to do all the things we love. That's great. What about lifting the internal weights? What's going on on the inside? What are you feeling? What are you thinking about as you're moving? And does that have meaning for you? Right. I know um, my favorite example is you and me climbing the Sydney Harbor Bridge. Yes. Yes. It is true. Both Betsy and Lindy walked how many steps? I don't know. Thousands. Thousands. Three or four thousand. Thousands of steps up over the Sydney Harbor Bridge. We were able to turn it into a fundraiser for a charity in Denver, Colorado called Camp Wapiapi. Raised $3,500 for them with that. But um, I remember working with you on just my body and just coordinating really the pre-workout and also the mental workout of believing that someone like me could walk over (laughs) something like that. (laughs) Yes. And I remember saying to you at the beginning, what's something that you dream about that would represent you having really overcome what you were going through? And that was the first thing that you said. Yeah, was well, the Sydney Harbor Bridge. Just for the listeners, I've had two hip replacements, both on the right side. One was a recall. <laughs> so when your tires are recalled, that's one thing. But when your hip is recalled, that is a lot. It's a lot of mm-hmm. different thing right yeah. there. So yeah, so I had the opportunity twice to learn how to walk again. So I had a conversation about, you know, could I ever do that? And um, it was really inspiring to put movement in to such a meaningful thing for me personally, and now to continue to work on that. So thank Mm -hmm. you. You're welcome. Still one of the greatest times ever. Um, In this part of the show, we'd like to have you share some things you've learned from your building of your business, your Pilates studio, now your coaching and consulting um, kind of focus. What would you tell people have been some of the most important things for building kind of, you know, a tribe of followers that become customers, but also being a a real thought leader and a change agent in the world? What, you know, if you could pick three things, what would you share? Number one, I would say have a really clear vision. Um, When I first opened my practice, it was partly because I wanted to have more cohesion Um, so that our clients would know that they were going to get the same kind of philosophy when they came in the door. 
But more importantly than that, I had this idea that it was a haven. I wanted my space to be a haven for people where they could come and leave whatever was going on at the door so they could really focus on themselves. And of course, in my business, it is primarily women, probably about 70% women at this point. Um, men are welcome too. Um, but I wanted it, I had this, part of the vision was how I wanted it to feel and what I wanted it to provide for people. And about a year after we opened, there was a lady sitting at my front desk waiting for class. And she said, you know, I just love coming in here. It's such a haven. And you said, do, 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 And I got that. Yeah, I got the goosebumps and the tingles. And so I think it's, you know, not just having a vision with the business plan and all the things, but also having that sort of emotionally connected piece of it, because that's really what we create from is that that emotional fuel that we have underneath. And if it feels like a burden and it feels like a chore, and yes, sometimes it certainly does, but if I have that drive from underneath of what I'm providing for myself and other people, I'm going to keep going and I'm going to be able to manifest it. So that's the first thing. Yeah, I think we call that, you know, your why. Exactly. And that's kind of that strong foundation to build your what on. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So um, so thanks for pointing that out. Okay, what is number two? Number two is, uh, and, you know, from a marketing perspective, you know this, probably a lot of your listeners know this as well, but it was one of those things that took me a while to get because I think Pilates and movement are for everybody. And for every. I guess for everybody, and that's true, possibly for everybody, but know who it's not for. And so I tend to work with women that are a lot like me, or not a lot like me, but they have aspects that are like me. Um, You know, they're looking for something, they're into growth, they see possibilities for themselves, even though maybe now they're not in a place of possibility, and I get that. I was in a place, I was in a really dark place at one point in my life, so I get right that what it feels like to think that all hope is lost but there's you know there's that glimmer of light so i love working with people that are open to the idea of possibilities i'm not for people who are expecting me to fix them right for example so i i'm very clear that i work with people who are going to take some responsibility for themselves we're in it together we partner with this together um I'm not for people who just want to lay on the table and have me do something to them, right? So get really clear on who your tribe is not and be okay with that because believe me, and I've, I've gone down that track. Oh, please, please come back to my studio. I'll do anything, right? It takes so much more energy to try and bring in the people that you don't resonate with. Right, and, and they aren't going to do that personal work. They're not going to do it. So just, and you know, that's that's for me. I know who my tribe is and I know who my tribe isn't. So get really clear on, you don't need that many people. There's a lot of people in the world. So just know that you can get really, really super clear on who your product service is for and go after them. Yeah, and I think that really bridges not only from the Pilates machinery and your Pilates practice, but for your coaching practice and your Joey work, because mm-hmm. again, you know, you can't fix anyone, but there's people that maybe you can help them on their journey. Mm-hmm. You can give them resources. You can give them systems mm-hmm. um, if they're willing to do the work. Yeah. So that exactly. seemed like a twofer. That yes. was like your consulting <laughs> practice and your Pilates practice. Exactly. Okay. And what was number three? Number three is to know that change is always going to happen. Well, that's people, a good one now, right? isn't it? People leave, people show up. I'm always surprised. And so now I'm in this place of, um, and actually I get this from one of my teachers, Joey Klein, who you just referenced. Joey says, 
um, changes my status quo. That yes, I know, that is a great right? one. if I'm trying to keep it the same, it's probably not going to go very well because that's not life. So just knowing that change is inevitable and all change, if I'm really clear on number one and two, all change ultimately, I believe, because it's the story I tell myself, all change is actually going to lead me closer to my vision. Yes. Or you'll have the ability and the flexibility to change and to meld your vision and to mm -hmm. meld your your tribe to what's next, yeah. which is really what's very yeah. exciting. So change is growth and change is evolution. Change is good. Change is great. Even though sometimes it's scary. Even though, it's, yeah, and that, but we know that, right? But change, only, change and growth only happen when we're outside our comfort zone. Right. So, you know, now when I get outside my comfort zone, I just say to myself, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. This is growth. This is a new possibility. This is leading me to the next evolution of myself. Oh, that's so exciting. Now, everyone listening is like, how do we find you? I know we'll have it here also on the website, but please tell everyone how to contact you or get more information. Um, my studio is Park Meadows Center for Movement. Um, and you can reach me at lindy at pmcenterformovement.com. Do you want a phone number? No, I think that's good for, for audio. And then we'll put your contact information Perfect. and your social information. Yes. Okay, the last thing we do is you pick a random card. So just pick one and then we'll okay. see who you get and then we'll read it and you get to answer it. This is a card from the Dream Big Live Big deck made by a fancy artist <laughs> that we know very well. Um, you picked yes and. What will you say yes to and who will help you? Oh, yes and. What I will say yes to is what we just talked about. Things that feel a little scary and a little uncomfortable um, that are in line with my vision for myself, which I'm clear about. Um, and, and my word for this year, by the way, is connection. So if something is in line with my vision of connection, I will say yes. And who will help me are people that I connect with. That's right. People mm -hmm. that are naturally drawn to you. And as you can hear from this interview, the talent and the enthusiasm and the energy is a natural way that everyone is drawn to Lindy Royer. Um, not only a professional in movement and meaningful movement, but also just a great coach, an incredible mentor, and a wonderful thought leader in this world. Thank you for all the good that you do. And thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast. Today is the first day of the rest of your life, and boy, Lindy Royer has given you some tidbits. You know, she came through a dark time like many, many of us have. And on that other side was this incredible light and life of love and appreciation and family and all that is good. So if you are going through anything, please, please, please listen to what Lindy had to say to us today. Please share this podcast with others who can benefit from our uplifting energy and our ideas. This is your host, Betsy Weersma. Thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast and plugging into stories from the journey of business and life. Our music today is by singer-songwriter Megan Burt. We are recorded at Cinder Sound Studios and we're part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Learn more at globalsisterhoodpodcastnetwork.com.